0: Welcome back, NEC Hoops fans. It is the final NEC On The Run podcast of the 2021-2022 season. My name is Ron Ratner. As always, I am joined by my partner in crime, Ryan Peters, who can be found on Twitter at Pioneer underscore Pride. Ryan, we had a big show today, but before we even get into that, let me break down where we stand in the NEC standings. Lots of things to talk about in the final week of the regular season. We are less than a week away from the start of the at NEC BBT, NEC Tournament, an all-comers event this year. What do we know? We know that one and two is going to be some combination of Wagner and Bryant, a potential winner-take-all game. Could be brewing in Smithfield on Saturday. Still not sure about that. It will depend on Thursday's results. LIU is locked into the three-seed. St. Francis, Brooklyn, and Mount. One of those two teams will get the four seed. Mount has the edge right now. St. Francis, Brooklyn could sneak in there. Then you have Central Connecticut, who's trying to get the fifth seed. So St. Francis, Brooklyn, or Central Connecticut could be in that mix for five, six. Uh, and then the other teams could even climb up to six. You have FDU, St. Francis, uh, St. Francis University, Sacred Heart. Am I missing anybody?
1: You got them all the three of them. Yes. Yeah, St. Francis uh, university fairly. Yeah, I got
0: sport. them all. It's confusing. I know <laughs> yeah. it is. I tried to break it down as best I can in the NEC week, weekly release this week, Ryan, this is the most exciting time of the year. What are your feelings entering this final week of the season?
1: It is. And it's kind of sad. This is the last on the run for the year. It feels like we we started doing these back in, I believe, uh, early January. Um, you know, I think actually the preseason kind of played out. We all, everyone thought that the top tier teams would be Wagner and Bryant. They're right there. Everyone loved LIU and Mount as kind of those next contenders. They're right there. I still like St. Francis, Brooklyn. I've been waxing poetic about them for a while. And here they are potentially as a five seed, maybe a four if they sneak in, especially if they beat Bryant at the Pope Center this week. Uh, And then it's just kind of a jumble down below. But there's a lot of teams that can be really feisty as underdogs in the NEC tournament.
0: It's always the best time. Uh, the madness comes to the NEC for a week in March. Let's, before we even get to that, we have to sort out what happened this past weekend, an eventful weekend of NEC hoops. Let's start with LIU, a big week for them, another 2-0 and week. That's clinched them the number three seed, chance to host the NEC tournament, broke a string of three straight nine and nine years for the Sharks. What do you see in these days with Derek Kellogg and company?
1: Well, you want to play well deep into February and going into March. And LIU, they're they're rolling right now four in a row. And I mentioned it last week. They're they're really sharing the basketball. 71 assists on their last 116 made buckets. They currently lead the NEC run in assists assist to turnover ratio, assist to field goals made. So they're sharing the basketball, and that's actually a great elixir for a lot of these tough defenses they may actually end up playing in the NEC tournament. When you have guys who are unselfish or willing to share, the ball doesn't stick, you have good fluidity offensively, uh, that's that's a recipe for success. And let's just give a quick shout-out to Trey Wood. He had a week. We oh, did. Week. Played his best game, I think, as a collegiate. Again, St. Francis University on Thursday had 18 points in that one. And for the two games, he had 30 points, eight assists, seven rebounds. And really against the mountain, he set the tone defensively, he had five steals. He was terrific. And Kendall Davis had a good week. Alex Rivera had 10 points off the bench on Saturday. When LIU and their backcourt's playing well, the supplement, obviously, Flowers and Penn and Conte, that's lethal. They're going to be very dangerous in the NEC
0: tournament. Tough to beat. Uh, Trey Wood was incredible this week when when he you're absolutely right when he plays like that it just everything seems to uh they seem to take it up a whole nother level when Trey is on his game it was really impressive they're going to be a handful for whoever they face in the NEC tournament now a team that's not going to be in the NEC tournament this year is Merrimack but there may not be a hotter team in the league than the Warriors right now coming off a three and a week
1: yeah, yeah, the unusual three and a week, but just a great job by then, you know, they sweep Sacred Heart um, in, you know, impressive fashion. And, you know, defensively, they didn't really didn't play that great defensively on Saturday. They had a lead in the second half, Sacred Heart came back. We're going to talk about Tanner Thomas later, um, but, you know, th- they've been playing really good defense before that, and they've been getting great production out of Jordan Minor. I believe he's a top five player in this league. I would be surprised if he's not an all-conference first teamer at season's end by next week. He's, you know, he's had eight double doubles in his last 12 games, blocking 25 shots. He's been really good in that span. And then, you know, Mikey Watkins, can we call him like big game Mikey now? We're going <laughs> to we're gonna, we're gonna get more into his heroics, you know, in the uh, the play of the week. But I mean, you know, he was, he's been terrific. He, he's a, you know, a four-year veteran. He's unafraid of the big moment. He's made big shots before and uh, you know, they're really riding high at, at nine and seven.
0: At least we didn't put the jinx on Jordan Minor by interviewing him uh, last week. He still, he still played great this past week. Merrimack is on a roll entering the final week of the regular season, as is St. Francis Brooklyn. And let me tell you something. We know that Michael Kovach and Patrick Emilian have been great. But when you add in Rob Higgins, what he did last week, that's an It's like Trey Wood with LIU. It just gives the Terriers another dimension, and he came up huge last week. Yeah,
1: he's he's a three-year veteran as well. He's kind of been there, done that, and he's unafraid of the big moment. He had you know over twenty points in that game against St. Francis University, and it wasn't only it wasn't only Higgins in that game. It was Larry Moreno as well. You know, um, Larry, he just like you know the the Mister Trick Shot, I should say. You know, he's. When him, and, when him and Higgins are shooting well from deep and they give the Terriers that floor spacing element, you know, to supplement that great mid-range game from Million and Covage, and obviously Wilcox can also shoot it from deep. Uh, you know, this is, a, this is a more multi-dimensional offense for Glenn Breka, and uh, I've, I've said it for a few weeks now. I think they're dangerous. They could get into the fifth seed. Maybe they could slip up into the fourth seed. Uh, they could definitely do some damage because they have a bunch of veterans on this group.
0: Yeah, we could. First of all, it's not easy going down to the Mount and winning. They they did that. They made the late comeback. And they may have a return trip (laughs) in their future for the first round of the NECs. It could be reversed. It could be at the Pope Center, depending on what happens this week. But that would be a matchup that I would certainly love to tune into on a quarterfinal night on March 2, right?
1: Yeah, uh, who can forget the uh, the famous Jamie and Christian Glenn oh, Braco one? Don't year. get me
0: started on this one, please.
1: <laughs> the Terrier, I, I have to remind you, though, the Terriers, were up, <laughs> I was there, I was there courtside. I was covering that game, you know, being a Maryland resident back then. You know, Terriers were up 19. I think this was 2014, if I remember correctly.
0: Rashad Wack era. Yes,
1: terriers were up 19 with about 10 minutes left. That was Jalen Cannon, his junior. He was a great player then. And, uh, you know, Mount St. Mary's, they were still down 10 with three minutes left. But when you have Rashad Wack, when you have Julian Norfleet, they just made a feverish comeback. Uh, You know, Sam Prescott made some free throws late in that game. There was an infamous play with too many players in the court. You can't forget that one. And then Rashad Wack, just, you know, he was was Mr. Icewater in his veins. I mean, he made that shot, that that three-pointer. I just remember him elevating over the Terrier defenders. Well, I believe he made that shot with about two seconds left in the game to give them a one-point lead and inevitably the victory. And then that catapulted the that catapulted them to a to a championship, which was which was remarkable. The fact that they were, you know, could have very easily lost that game to Glenn Breakers group.
0: Yeah. Look, Mountain, Mountain St. Francis, Brooklyn this year, two dangerous teams. Definitely have designs of moving deep into the NEC tournament. We'll see how it all plays out on Thursday, Saturday. We'll talk about some of those big games coming up later in the show but those are our weekend takeaways we are joined by a very special guest today Wagner College grad student Elijah Ford Elijah thanks so much for taking the time to talk to us
2: thank you for having me Ron
0: okay Elijah let's get started first of all let's get a medical update from you how are you doing how's the knee doing what's the prognosis look like moving Uh. forward for you
2: uh, five days out of surgery. Uh, first day in uh, rehab today. I guess I, you can say I, I beat him up today. Uh, yeah, I'm doing well, though. Uh, my doctor said uh, the surgery went great. So now it's just on the rehab.
1: Yeah, Elijah, how has the transition gone from being obviously a, a very important player for Wagner, you know, playing 30, 30, 35 minutes a game to becoming kind of a coach, a motivator, encourager for your teammates? Have, how has that gone, and have you actually taken on some of the coaching responsibilities during practice and game preparation to help your teammates? Uh, no, nah, that's still me. I was just basically on the court now, but
2: the difference is I'm just not getting tired now. Uh, I still talk to my team just like I'll talk to them if I will uh, be out there. They know I'm still be on them 150%, and, of course, like I said, I'm going to be the biggest cheerleader on or off the court. So I wouldn't say the process has been tough or anything and the guys and the coaches been like very like helpful with this uh transaction so that's good
1: yeah there's no doubt you know the, the energy that you bring to Wagner is special you know whether you're on the floor whether you're on the bench you know and I've always admired that of your game your enthusiasm how much joy you take into playing um you know I just have to know like when you were actually playing you know you had that you had that lefty windmill jam against I believe it was uh, L I U right? Oh, uh, St. Francis Brooklyn. St. Francis Brooklyn. St. Francis Brooklyn. Brooklyn. My fault. So and it came on a breakaway. Did you did you plan that windmill jam? And I feel like when you when you do these jams, you're just trying to energize your teammates, right? You're kind of there for the show to get your bench up and roaring, get the crowd going. It seems like you kind of embody that energy. Take me through that process.
2: Uh, honestly like everybody don't believe me but I promise you i wanted to windmill on him actually like but and I told everybody on my team like the only sadden thing about that play was that he didn't jump like, he ran so fast and I'm like I gotta catch him like this one has to be it like and I was just to say he didn't jump but yeah I planned that windmill for sure
1: yeah. <laughs> and do you do you take do you take joy in you know, make, kind of making these highlight reel plays for your teammates, because I feel like sometimes you just want to get above the rim just to get your teammates going. <laughs> uh, Yeah, most of the times, because honestly, it's actually, I started dunking more this
2: season because of Al. Like, he know I got the most bounce, so he used to like make jokes and be like, oh, you do all this dunking, but I don't see nothing during the game. So that, that was just like always my mentality. Like, even from the start of the season, I'm like, you know what, I'm going to dunk everything. Like, if I can, I'm going to dunk it. But, yeah, I already see that it does give me emotions and like energy. So, yeah, I like doing
0: that. I want to get back to the dunks a little bit, Elijah. Let's go in a different direction. Before the Mount St. Mary's game, it was the first one that you missed as a player. Were you aware that Coach Mason had your jersey on underneath his pullover? no
2: everybody took because when I first came down I, my jersey wasn't there and I told him like before the game I'm like yo look I'm suiting up today I don't care like if I'm <laughs> living out but I'm suiting up today so Bob was like you know what we're going to get it to you at 13 so 13 is when we actually come back upstairs with our jerseys on and everything so we yeah. finally go back downstairs I'm telling everybody I'm like yo where's my jersey like you know what is Scott going to get it I'm like you know what I'm not gonna play. I'm not gonna do it today. I'm gonna try it another day. And then when it got down to the four minute mark, he's like, "Cause honestly, I didn't know." But when it got to the four minute mark, I seen him like just messing with his chest. I'm like, "What's going on?" And then he just ripped it off, and that was just like a good moment for me.
0: What is what is Coach Mason meant to you? Not only in your Wagner career, but how has he shaped you as a person?
2: Uh, honestly, I I text him. I say right after I uh got the results from my knee and. I thank them because honestly, don't nobody notice, but I came on here as an unofficial visit. So nothing was official. And he took a chance for me. And the, even my first year here, wasn't the greatest year that Wagner had. Like, that was by far the worst year. And that's him taking a chance. on me. he still, like, did it again. It was like, you know what? Like, this one going to be it. And I thank him again. And I'm going to thank you again, Coach. Thank you for bringing me on this
1: team. Yeah, Elijah, let's go back to that first year because, you know, you got off to a solid start in the non-conference, but then you hit a major wall when you started league play. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read to your point totals in your first five NEC games ever. Okay, ready? Uh-oh. <laughs> zero, two, 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 and zero in your first five NEC games. But then you guys host LIU, you get 16 and eight, and then pretty much you became – you went from basically a non-factor to an above average contributor as a junior. What, do you remember what actually clicked for you in that moment or was it, was it catching uh, well, division one? How, how did you get to that level where you became an above average guy midway through the season?
2: Uh, honestly, my, my problem was never like on the court thing. It was like, like I said, that's why I actually thank coach for like, actually building me up as a man. Cause he told me like, it's like the way I'm, I'm, Carrying myself—that's going to show on the court. And I felt as though, like, I changed. Like, I was a little—I honestly, I probably don't know—but before y'all found me out, I was—I was an angry guy. I was always angry, just mad at everything. Because coming into wagon I lost my grandmother, so it was like a lot of tension build up. But then my coach is just like, "Yo, you got to like—you are the energy guy. Like, if we're here, if your energy is here, like, we're here. If your energy is there, it's there." And I seen that my first year, so. My second year coming back, I'm like, nah, it's over. And that's what happened in those uh, last six NEC games. My energy just changed. My I just put in a positive mindset. And that's been there since that game, <laughs> the last zero game.
1: Yeah, and then, you know, I talked about more of the offense, but the defense, I don't think many people know this, even the people who follow the NEC closely, but you've actually led the league in both steal rate and block rate each of the last two seasons. Which I think is a phenomenal stat and kind of shows how you've matured defensively. Again, talk about how that that progression. You, you, I thought you this year before you got hurt, you were a great help defender. You had a lot of great blocks coming off the guy and saving your guy who was beat. Uh, you, you had that one on Patrick Amelian against St. Francis mm-hmm. Brooklyn late in the game. Talk about the defensive progression. You, you be, basically your senior year became a great all around player.
2: Uh, literally, that's just what I, I'm a junkyard dog. <laughs> I messed stuff up. <laughs> but if I feel, and sometimes it could bleed. you could say undisciplined or sometimes, like you said, it can help away. But I feel as though I just like try to see plays before it happen, even if it like don't happen that way. But most of the times I get them correct because I'm either faster than the person I'm guarding. I could help and run back to the other person, which is putting me in advantage, a big guard that can guard the a guard possession and actually can guard, I say, a big too. So that helps me out in multiple possessions. So honestly, I just like watch the floor. Just like, I just try to fill things out, really.
0: Okay, Elijah, I want to have a little fun now. First question, been wondering about this all year. Where does the Boogie nickname come from?
2: Shout out to my man Shadozi. Uh, It came from high school. Boog actually means dirty. (laughs) Because Dirty Nook, of course. So then I went to uh, Juco, fletching them. And I don't know. You can see I started getting all dancing and stuff. So I put the boogie, the IE, behind the book. So <laughs> it just ran on with me. And now it's just strictly boogie because everybody see me dance jolly. So.
0: All right. That's we like it. Now. Uh, I got a question about the dunks. Now. You started the whole ball rolling this year with that windmill dunk. We've seen lots of other really good ones. We talked to Mezi Offram about this. We talked to Jordan Miner a little bit. Who's had the best dunk of the year in the NEC? I ain't lie, it gotta be me. I started it all.
2: <laughs> i
1: made everybody,
2: like, every, I know everybody's seen my dunk, it was like, when I get a chance, I gotta go crazy. Like, I know that's what clicked in here. What? If you want to be technical, I say Kendall because he tried to reenact my dunk. <laughs> <laughs>
0: That's good. Did you see the Jalen Gibson's dunk the other day from the mount? No, nah, what happened with him? Oh, you got to catch that one from <laughs> Oh, hold up. Yeah. Jalen Gibson, the freshman yeah. from Mount. Oh from mount. I, I
2: saw that one. I've been me. I was talking to my teammates too. I said, if I'd known uh, the boy from St. Francis Brooklyn on jump, I would have tried him when we played him.
3: <laughs>
2: nah, all right so crazy. but then again mezzy dunk was crazy too though
0: it was Nah, i
2: gotta i gotta leave it at Kendall. we win dude. <laughs> all
0: right so dunk contest we're holding an nec dunk contest you're super you're held you're hundred percent who's the give me the final three who's the final three for you in this league mm.
2: only off the way i've seen him jump i gotta give it to the little dude from uh what's his name again jalen gibbs Jalen Gibson. Gibson, okay. I would want him in there because if I see like athletic and like crazy dunks, that's going to make me like think outside the box. So him, Kendall, and Arrow Pen.
0: Oh, I don't know Pen. he nice. got dunked, but
2: I don't know if he got moves in there. <laughs> not sure.
0: Well, if we have one this year, then you're going to have to be the judge then.
2: Oh, for sure I'll be a judge to that dunk contest.
0: You can't sure. be like a Dwayne Wade judge and give everybody sixes though. <laughs> <laughs> nah,
2: it's cool. None of the
1: Wagner guys ain't gonna be in there. So <laughs> yeah, I don't gotta worry about that.
0: <laughs> That's right, me, awesome. Me, well, you got something, Ryan.
1: Yeah, let me reel this interview in one last time here. Uh I, I gotta ask you a serious question, yo, uh, Elijah. You know, your teammates, you you and your teammates are coming down the stretch here. You're you're fifteen, you're fifteen and one. You got two big games against FDU and Bryant. What does your What does your team need to do to finish strong? And obviously, the goal is to win, win it all, win the NEC championship, and get to the NCAA tournament. What do your guys need to do in these last presumably five games?
2: Uh, actually, just take one game at a time. Just stay on course, like I tell them every day, every uh, practice, and every game. You just gotta take one day at a time. Like if I see if you like, I say if you like try to look ahead of it, then it might catch up to you. So I say we just take every game at a time. Worry about FDU and then at the FDU, we're worried about whoever's next. And that's how we do it. We get better hey, every Eli- day.
0: Elijah, last thing for me and then we'll wrap it up. I know you the you and Will and Alex, you made that decision to come back together for this year. Uh, last year when you fell in the semis looking back how does that look to you now how happy are you that you returned to Staten island
2: I'm, I'm ha- <laughs> I wish I could curse but I'm happy <laughs> just know I'm happy. <laughs> I'm, I'm really happy and I'm I'm even with the knee injury I still made the, the greatest choice of my life honestly because it's bigger than basketball like it's just just to see everybody else like to see me go down and like that whole gym just like, it was way more than just, like, I, like, they played a big part of it, but it's, it's, it's a Wagner thing. Like, I, I chose Wagner with my brothers.
0: That's awesome. You know, yeah, That's great. Well, we are super proud of everything that you've done this year and your teammates. We look forward to watching Wagner uh, this week and then into the playoffs. And uh, we'll be watching you being the biggest cheerleader there is. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. All right, thanks. That was – Elijah Boogie Ford from Wagner College. Thanks for joining us this week.
2: Thank you for having me. All right, Ryan.
0: That was good. Thanks, Thanks Elijah. Elijah. Appreciate it. All
2: right. Thank you guys.
0: All right. We'll talk to you. All right, Ryan. Thanks, Max. Thanks. That was fun.
3: Fellas, that was fun. Yes. <laughs> that was good times. This guy's, a, this guy's a, a wild ride every time. It's like a front house <laughs> in the background, too. Because, you know, I would love to do, like, if, like, I know it's probably disgusting, but I would love to do, like, an MTV Cribs with, like, that Seahawks suite. Because, oh allegedly, they have, like, multiple TVs set up. Like, they have, like, video games going at all times. Like, they all live together. Like, I would love to, like, peek in there, but I know I wouldn't be able to use any of the footage that I get. So, like, I'm like, okay, I can't do it um but we've we've always
0: talked about wanting to do it a show called NEC front row after dark which is all (laughs) the stuff that we can't actually do but we want to do that would be that would be one of our lead shows
3: right there yeah i mean the 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 worst thing is about like the the my bosh my mini movie not safe for work reel would be like, is at least <laughs> 10 minutes long at this point <laughs> because Bosch is, like, you guys see like the finished product and you see, I use as much as I can use every video. Like so, most people don't know this. You're like somewhat like some of the only people I tell this, I use every single sentence where Bosch doesn't curse for my pregame sleep. <laughs> and I'm like, okay guys. Um, and you got two sentences. I get two sentences every time but it's, it's being in the locker room is awesome and like if you if you guys make it to uh you know if we guys if we're ever in the same room and we have 10 minutes to spare remind me to plug in the hard drive and show you some of the best ofs there
0: that's awesome that's all right. great all right well thanks for setting up and then uh if you could send me and Kyle the footage that would be great or a link yeah to
3: it. do you want the mp4 or the download link I'll just forward you the whole email. I'll just forward you both.
0: That's fine. Yeah, we'll, we'll take it from there. We're good.
3: Perfect. All right. Thanks.
0: All right. Thanks, guys. Appreciate right, Jay, it. Easy. Talk to you. Bye. Bye. It's our Under the Radar Player of the Week. And Ryan, we talk about being under the radar. This was well under the radar. This one came out of nowhere. Tanner Thomas, not only did he have himself a game, he had himself one of the best games you will see in the NEC this season. Break this. Please break this one down for me.
1: I don't know if I can. I, I had to go back. I didn't watch the game live. I had to go back and watch every single Tanner Thomas bucket because, you know, 26 points on 11 shots. He had five rebounds, two assists. He only played 23 minutes, Ron, and he still had 26 points, but his post game man was really impressive. Just had a pristine footwork a bevy of post moves. He made some tough shots over Jordan minor, who we know is one of the better defending fives in this league. Uh, you know, it was a crazy breakout for him, but even before this great 26 point effort, you know, we kind of saw snippets of Tanner before, you know, he's played well in limited minutes, especially of late. He's got a Ken Palm offensive rating of 122, which is very good. So I think, you know, moving forward, this is positive for Anthony Latina. You could kind of pair him with Nico Galette and Bryce Johnson as your front court of the future. I know Raymond um, Espana Guzman is, uh, is a walk, not a walk-on, but a redshirt freshman that Anthony is very high on coming into next year. So they have a nice young front court of the future uh, for Sacred Heart.
0: Tanner Thomas, the NEC rookie of the week and the go-to player down the stretch. He almost had the game winner in in that game with nine seconds to go. But what a week it was for Tanner Thomas, one of the Thomas brothers on Sacred Heart. It's our final NEC Star Watch of the season, and this is Mrs. Ratner, might be one of her favorite players in the league. She loves Nigel Scantleberry, and I know you do too, and he comes off a a big week and had a great game against Wagner last week.
1: He did. I was up close and personal seeing him courtside on Saturday, and he was fantastic, 20 points, three assists, and he's so good at getting downhill, and Pat Sellers just does such a great job of utilizing him in ball screens. And the thing with Scantlebury too, is he's a great pull-up shooter, especially from three. That's typically not an efficient shot if you dig into the analytics, but he is comfortable making that shot, kind of the pull-up. Typically, you want rhythm jumpers. You want that catch and shoot, but Scantlebury has that playmaking ability. He's an elite playmaker in this league, and the reason why I think he's perfect for the star watch is I would be stunned if he's not an all-conference at least third-teamer by, by next week. He's He's had a great year for Central Connecticut. Uh, He's a dynamic guard. And as I said before, he's, he's, you know, a big player, especially when you get him into the lane.
0: A veteran presence on a young central team, Nigel Scantleberry, our star watch performer of the week, Ryan, we alluded to our play of the week before it is Mr. Big shot himself, Mikey Watkins icing matters against sacred heart on Saturday in North Andover.
1: Yeah. I selected this play because it was high in the scale of clutchness, you know, big game Mikey again, but you know, Merrimack's down one, about eight seconds left. And Mikey Watkins needed literally just five seconds to go coast to coast and turn a, a one-point deficit into a one-point victory. You know, he he just reads his pick and roll perfectly, kind of busts out a subtle misdirection move. And then he's got, you know, he's got the lane to, to, you know, finish. And then Sacred Heart, to their credit, they recover. So Watkins had to be a little bit acrobatic in his finish, but just really strong to the rim, finishes, And then they get the job done on the other end defensively. And it's just another great win for Merrimack.
0: Savvy as always, Mikey Watkins with our play of the week. We hit our milestones now. Let's start with Charles Pride from Bryant.
1: Just another milestone for Mr. Sour Patch Chuck.
0: Uh,
1: (laughs) I, I guess I shouldn't say Mr. Sour Patch Chuck. He is just Sour Patch Chuck, but he's asserted himself as one of the best players in the league you know, eclipsing the 1,000-point threshold on Saturday versus FTU. and he becomes the seventh player in Bryant's Division I history to eclipse that mark. Congratulations to Charles.
0: Also the 243rd player in NEC history. Also want to throw a couple shout-outs to Central Connecticut's Ian Christian. He scored his 1000 point earlier this year, netted his 203-pointer last week, and also Jordan Miner from Merrimack pulled down his 500th rebound. Bunch of milestones – as we head into the final week of NEC regular season play. We've played two months of NEC games. We are down to the final 10. Ryan, let's look at a couple of them to watch this week. Let's start with our CBS Sports Network game at Fairleigh Dickinson, 6 p.m. They host Wagner. Now, the implications of this game is if Wagner wins and Bryant loses, Wagner could clinch the number one seed on Thursday before the two teams even meet on Saturday.
1: Yeah, and, you know, the fighting horrendous have been feisty at home this season in league play, winning two games, and they've dropped several others at the Rothman, you know, very close games that have gone down to the wire, and, you know, this freshman-dominated roster, they have, they'll have upset on their minds in an attempt to prevent Wagner, as you said, from clinching at least a share of the NEC regular season title. Uh, it's going to come down to, you know, Fairleigh Dickinson was a little out physical, a little out manned in that first game at the Spiro Center. Wagner, I believe, won that game by close by 30 points. So you know they're gonna come, they're gonna come out fighting you know fairly to consent. I would not be surprised um, you know if they if they make it close, you keep it close. They make shots, you know. Watch out for Oscar Berry and Devin Dunn. They have a chance.
0: Moving on to Saturday, we touched on it. Wagner and Bryant—one of the potentially biggest games we have seen in these parts in a long time. We've had some of them, you know, late in the season, but this one, boy, if I could just put that crystal ball and get this one to work out where the winner is the uh EDC champion and the number 1 seed on the final day that would be pretty awesome.
1: Yeah, I mean, the classic back in January where Brian had a 4-point lead with about 45 seconds left in regulation, Wagner comes back, they get the Peter Kiss turnover, tie it and then they end up winning it in overtime, you know, in in Wagner in that game, they dominated Brian in points in the paint, they had 20 more points, they had 20 more points in fast break opportunities. But right now, Bryant, their offense really is clicking on all cylinders. They have one of the best and probably the best scoring duo in the country in Charles Pride and Peter Kiss. So I'm curious to see how Bashir Mason, he's been mixing up his defenses a lot, going man, going zone. I'm curious how they're going to try to slow down Kiss because he is on quite a run right now.
0: Amazing. Amazing. And something we haven't seen since the Charles Jones days of LIU, somebody who scores almost at will. Uh, you know, I pointed out in our weekly announcement this week, all the superlatives that Peter Kiss has done in the 830 point games and five in a row and nine in a row, 25 points. I mean, they're staggering numbers. We'll see what Wagner can do with that. Should be a good one. Bryant's been drawing some big crowds at the chase. This one will be bonkers. I can't wait. Saturday, 4 p.m., Wagner at Bryant. We'll see how it goes as we close out. That will be the game to close out the regular season, the lone 4 p.m. game on Saturday. Two days later, we are at the NEC-BBT opening round game, Monday, 8 versus 9. But for the regular season, aside from the CBS games, you can watch everything else on NEC Front Row and the NEC On The Run series of apps. Ryan, I have to thank you uh, for being not only the Overtime Blog contributor, but for being uh, my partner on these shows. You've put up with me and the constant retakes. It's all seamless when Kyle Turner from the NEC cuts this thing up, but we've had some massive taping sessions. Of, this, was, this was one of them. Uh, I look forward to talking with you uh, You know, during the playoffs. Maybe we can do little things here and there, but next season, we will be back. Yet again, for another season of NEC on the run.
1: Yeah, I can't wait for February 28th, that opening round game. And then March 2nd is going to be a special time. Uh, You know, some great games. You know, the NEC quarterfinals will be then. And we have a lot of great teams. You know, we we have our heavyweights. We have our underdogs. We have our dark horses. It's going to be a really fun tournament. Can't wait.
0: Thanks to you, the fans who've stuck with us all year. And we will see you at the tournament.